Mindfulness Mode, Episode 26. Start paying attention to your body. Start paying attention to your thoughts. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for the great reviews on iTunes. I'm just going to read one by RJ, the digital professor. Want clearer and purer thoughts? Mindfulness Mode has arrived. Get your dose. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you would like me to feature here on Mindfulness Mode. Just connect on Twitter. I'm at Bruce Langford. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Sharon Rummel on the line today. Hey, Sharon, are you in mindfulness mode? I am. I just had a massage, and so I'm feeling pretty darn relaxed and, um, and connected. Perfect. Sharon Rummel will help you find your life's purpose through yoga. Learning with Sharon is not your usual yoga experience. She'll help you get connected to your divine support, and she'll use mindfulness to help you claim true balance in your life. She's taught yoga for over 20 years and believes yoga is the perfect tool to help you align your body, mind, and spirit. Hey, Sharon, tell Mindful Tribe a little bit more about the most exciting thing in your life right now. I just led a retreat. It was a weekend retreat, and I called it Repurpose. And we did a combination of yoga and art journaling and uh, with with text as well. And um, for me, it was a place that I was putting myself out there in a different way. I've done yoga retreats, but this was different. And so it was I wasn't sure if it would work or not. It really worked well. And it was really great to work with people and have them look at what they've been doing in their lives and how they can repurpose what they already know. We used repurposed materials for the journal, but then we also, they were looking at their life path and and what they want and and those kind of things. So it it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. It sounds like a lot of fun. So Sharon, take me back. What made you decide to do yoga and, and have mindfulness as part of your life? I uh, started doing yoga when I was in college because I needed some stress relief. And, and I was a dabbler. I didn't, didn't do it regularly. I, as a, I got my degree in social work. And so then I, I continued to dabble in it. And that was in the 70s and 80s. And it wasn't until the early 90s that I I was in massage school. I was just finishing up school and I hurt my back. And I I was getting treatment, massage, chiropractic, acupuncture, and all those things helped. But it would continue to come back periodically. And and so I lived with this fear of, oh, my gosh, it's going to come back again. I'm not going to be able to do massage and so I, bless my ex-husband, he recommended that I do yoga regularly. He said, you know, why not try it? So I started doing yoga regularly for the healing of my back. But what I got was all these great side effects, <laughs> benefits of yoga that I hadn't expected. And one time I had, I had been swimming, I got out of the pool and I felt the pain return. And my mind instantly said, oh my gosh, it's back. I'm going to be back in this pain cycle. I'm not going to be able to do massage. 
But because of the mindfulness piece from yoga, I was able to stop myself. I literally stopped and stood there and checked in. And when I did that, I realized that what I was feeling was a muscle tightening, not actually pain. So I stood there for a little bit. I breathed. The muscle relaxed. The pain didn't reappear. That was a real turning point for me because I realized I have a lot of control over this. I don't have to be a slave to this pain cycle anymore. And it was a great awareness for me then to take into my practice um, as a massage therapist, not only for myself, but with my clients and then my yoga students, my coaching students. It's something that I've really carried with me. Oh, that is great. And, you know, the way you described being able to release that tension so that the pain just disappeared. And and really, that is part of what mindfulness can do, isn't it? Absolutely. It's helped me a lot with my health. I think I was somebody who was pretty disconnected from my body until, until I started some of these practices. And then when you became connected to your body, you found you were able to help others connect not only with their bodies, but with their purpose in life. Absolutely. Wow, that that is fantastic. You've really helped a lot of people. Were there any times when you really struggled with the idea of mindfulness? Just a few months ago, I would say, you know, there's there are areas that I feel really adept with mindfulness. And then I sometimes will get surprised. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm really, I'm having a hard time with it here. And a couple of months ago, I was feeling really sad and it was something I didn't even want to connect in with what my emotions were. I wanted to run away from it. I wanted to blame somebody else. I wanted to eat comfort food, but it wasn't going away. And I tried to meditate and, and I just had this agitation. So I realized in, that my normal tools weren't working and I, and I needed to try something different. So I got out my journal and some colored pencils and started drawing that mindfulness practice was what helped me shift it and realize it was just some really old story uh, about being abandoned. Not that I was abandoned, but just old childhood stuff that had come up. And the more I tried to not look at it, the more it was keeping me agitated. And once I got to the kernel of what it was, that how unsafe I felt, I, I had this instant sense of expansion and freedom of, of feeling, oh gosh, of course I'm okay. And this is just old stuff and, and knew that I needed some nurturing um, and some tenderness. And, and that sense of agitation went away. Sharon, you've talked a little about pain. Could you tell us in more detail how you can use yoga and mindfulness to relieve pain? what um, I think I might automatically do is want to run away from the pain or to tighten up. Right. And so when I'm using mindfulness, I first of all will go in and actually feel what, what's happening instead of have that fear response, um, relax the muscles and relax the surrounding muscles. And a lot of times just by staying with that, things shift. If I try to hold it back, then I'm, I'm, you know, I hold it there. Mm -hmm. um, if I can release the muscles and and stay with that pain for some breaths, then it does shift, and and it might shift to a different area. It might shift out, um, but it's it doesn't stay the same. 
Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that because I know a lot of people use mindfulness for pain, but they do it in different ways. Mm. Now, in your day-to-day life, your personal life, Sharon, do you use mindfulness there? Absolutely. I think at this point, Bruce, it's it's so integrated into so many areas of my life. I, I, my, my philosophy is that as as we're called to a particular purpose, we get to help the world with that purpose. But that that also calls us to heal um, because we can't rise to whatever that purpose is without healing certain things. So for me personally, it's, it's a big part of my health and self-care. Um, but it's also helped me with relationships, with mindset, with my business. Um, I I'm not saying I'm any I'm I'm some sort of um, mindfulness superstar. It's an ongoing practice, but but it definitely has impacted all those areas of my life. Very interesting, and I'm glad you mentioned purpose because I know you're an expert at this. I'm wondering if you'll you'll share with us more detail on exactly how you help your clients find their true purpose. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times people say, "I don't know what it is," or "I don't have a clue." But I find that everybody really does know, and they they might actually have already even told me, but they somehow they're they're not connecting what where they light up um, with with the what they see as purpose, um, and sometimes maybe they don't have a fully formed idea, but they have crumbs on the path. And so really what I do is, is take people uh, on an inside journey and have them look at what they really want. And um, we'll, we'll do uh, other exercises too, like looking at values and looking at some things they've done in their past, those kind of things. But I don't think I've ever worked with anybody who didn't have an aha by, by going inward and checking. And, and, and what I do that I think is maybe different than what some people do is I have them check in with with body, mind, spirit, energy, emotions, because I, most of us have a go-to system. Um, so one person might be really um, mental in their approach to life. And so they're really good at, at, at checking in on that level. And somebody else, it's body. Somebody else, it's they're very heart-centered. But when we check in with all of those levels, we get this we'll find themes um, that show up. It's like, oh, my energy system wants this and my, my emotional body wants this. And so when you start looking at those themes that kind of crossed all the levels, you, it's, it's really a, a holistic um, chunk of information that they get. Right. Okay. So if I were to suddenly, suddenly sit in on one of your yoga classes, I'm just <laughs> wondering what I'd see, how I would hear you trying to get me in touch with my purpose. Would you be, would I be stretching? And as I stretched, you would be talking to me about these kinds of things. Take me to that place. Well, it, if it's just a, an hourly, one of my regular yoga classes, I always start with a meditation where, um, it's it'll be different week to week, but often it will be a meditation to talk people into checking in with their body, um, checking in with their breath, checking in on all those different levels, checking in with their emotions, um, and and then setting an intention. Because I don't want people to come to class and me as the teacher say, okay, this week I've I've decided that we're going to focus on grounding. I want the people that come to my class to figure out what it is they want to focus on. 
And so somebody's purpose in class that week might be to open their hips because they're, you know, they're feeling discomfort in their body and, and they need to move that discomfort in some way. And for the person sitting next to them, their intention might be to feel more grounded and the next person it might be to feel more peaceful um, and, or letting go. It can be all these different things, but it's what supports you in the moment. And then as, as we go through class, and then I direct people to, to go back to their purpose or, or their intention for class and, and see how they can support that, how they can honor what's come up for them in that particular day. So you're obviously an expert at connecting with people and their needs. It is something I'm good at. Um, I, yeah, it's really, connection is really important to me. And um, that means connection between me and the people in my class or the people that I'm coaching. Um, but also I want people to feel connected to themselves. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I tell people if what comes up for you is that you really need to nurture yourself and you want to lay on your back in corpse pose the entire class, that's doing yoga. And I've had people do that before um, because, you know, people are coming with different needs and intentions and that's really honoring who they are. And, I, and that's I think that's a great thing. It's And that shows real courage, too, to be able to kind of go against what what I'm directing them. I always tell them. Listen to what you what you're hearing first for you, and then what I say second. Right, right. Very interesting, Sharon. Have you ever had a client where at first you thought I am never going to reach this client with mindfulness? It just doesn't seem to be working, and then all of a sudden it did happen. Did you ever have anything like that take place? Yeah, I think so. I have had clients that. Um, seemed pretty disconnected from their body, especially as, as a body worker. You know, there's sometimes there's people who it's really hard for them to, um, to lay on the uh, table to, um, you know, some people lay down on the massage table and they are like instantly in relaxation mode, but some people it's really hard. And, but over time, as they start to feel more trusting, um, they connect with something in themselves and, Something opens up, uh, and again, they have an awareness that maybe they haven't had before. And so, yeah, it's you know, it, it, everybody does it in their own in their own rhythm, and it takes some people longer. They have to feel really safe. I want to ask you about discipline. I know for some, it can be really hard to stick to the idea of mindfulness and do it in a daily basis. Sharon, what are your thoughts on discipline? For me, it, it comes down to results. I, I get such better results when I, it's a daily practice. And if I, so I meditate every morning and if I'm traveling, um, I used to, when I go to see my parents, I wouldn't meditate because I wanted to jump up and go spend time with them. I see them once a year, but I found that wasn't good for me. I, I, then I would start to feel out of balance. And so now I go ahead and meditate um, even if it's just five minutes, so that I get that grounding in my day. And, and that's, I would say, true for all of it, that I just, the results that I get are are so worth it. I don't like feeling imbalanced. I don't like feeling unwell or disconnected. Um, and so it's it, it, it keeps me on that path because of that. Right. So you focus on how good you feel when you do those things, and therefore you just want to do those things. 
Right. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. It really does. Sharon, I've worked in bullying prevention for a period of time, and I'm wondering if you have a story about bullying or one where mindfulness may have played a part. My first job out of college, I worked with kids, and there was this one girl who one time hit one of the other girls in the face. And, th- and these girls weren't violent, they, um, so that was unusual and unexpected. And I just went right to what my feelings were around it. I, I didn't talk about, about the girl that had done the hitting. I just talked about how it made me feel. And I think it really worked because I was being mindful. And it, instead of, I think what they expected was that I was going to be more parental and say, look what you just did, how horrible that was. And, um, and, and somehow judge this person, but instead I just went to how it made me feel um, for this, in this girl and um, what I'd observed. So it, it worked well. It wasn't planned by any means, but it was just what my response was in the moment. It's certainly important to deal with these situations in a positive way. Sharon, you mentioned your morning routine and you mentioned meditation. I'm wondering if you would share with Mindful Tribe a little bit more specifically about what your meditation looks like. Is it guided? Is it silent? How long do you usually meditate? Those kinds of things. Could you share that with us? Sure. I check in first with my body and if I feel anything that's going to be distracting for a a sitting meditation... I will do some either some gentle yoga or maybe I will um, roll around on some balls, you know, get any, any sore points, trigger points to release. Mm-hmm. Then, then I sit. And because I'm somebody who through, I think through mindfulness, learned uh, that I have, I, I have had pretty sloppy boundaries in the past, emotionally, energetically. And so I start my day with, I, I do some energy practices that help me ground, that I adjust my aura. I, um, so I feel more grounded and more sort of in my own space energetically when I'm starting my day. So I, I do that as kind of like this is how I'm setting the space. And then, then I focus on my breath. And if I find myself really... Um, one of those days where it's a busy mind morning and I'm just not getting to that place of, uh, of, of stillness, then sometimes I will chant. I'll use some, some yoga chants and, and that helps still my mind as well. So it can be anywhere from five minutes to 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It's not a very long meditation compared to some people, but um, but it, it works for me. Sure. I had someone tell me the other day, I'm just too upbeat, too hyper, too excitable to meditate. What would you say to that person? I would say it's it's great to know yourself in that way and then find something else that, that fits your personality. So a walking meditation or a dancing meditation, um, because there are lots of ways to get to that meditative state and you don't have to, to set um, to, to get to that place. 
Right. And that's the interesting thing about what I do, because I learned through mindfulness mode so many different ways that people do practice mindfulness, Sharon. <laughs> My next questions are part of the multi-mode round. So just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Uh, Dan McLeod, who is now deceased, but he was my first serious yoga teacher, and he embodied mindfulness not only in with his yoga practice and his teaching, but he played tennis and he played chess, and he was he was just so grounded and um, really inspiring. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Uh, it's helped me be more connected to them, and in particular, it's helped me realize that. Anger is not something I have to hold back, that I can feel anger and let it move through me. And that was a really exciting revelation for me because I always saw it as a bad thing. Yes. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Well, breathing is one of the limbs of yoga. And so it's, it's really a regular part. And I like to, for myself and my students and clients, or use breathing as a diagnostic. You know, I tell people they can go spend a lot of money for medical diagnostics or they can check in with their breath and that's a great free diagnostic to see where they're holding, how relaxed they are in the moment. They can learn a lot from their breath. Excellent. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? John Kabat-Zinn's Full Catastrophe Living was one that was recommended during my yoga teacher training and I, I love that book because it's so it's practical, it's comprehensive, well-written book. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? I've tried some, but honestly, uh, bright, shiny object syndrome. If I pick up my phone to do something, I notice I have a notification. <laughs> I have, you know, it's like, oh, look at this. And then I get <laughs> sidetracked. So I, I've sworn off using apps right now for, for that kind of thing. Sure. What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? I say start small. Um, just start paying it, not just even pay attention to your breath. Even if it's for one minute, one time a day, start paying attention to your body, start paying attention to your thoughts and, and go for the low hanging fruit. If it's, if you're somebody who it's really challenging for you to tune into your emotions, don't start there. Um, and then as you get adept at one level, you move to another level. Excellent. Sharon, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today about yoga and your passion for it and your passion for helping people find their life's purpose. I'm certainly inspired by what you're doing in your life. Now, how would we contact you or learn more about what you do, Sharon? They can go to my website, practicallyenlightenyou.com. And sign up. There's a say hello. There's a free assessment called the Amazing You Assessment that they can sign up for and find out information about my retreats and my coaching and classes. Excellent. Excellent. And I'll put all that in our show notes as well. So thank you so much, Sharon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bruce. I really enjoyed it. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. 
Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.